0: photography lovers and happy wednesday because we should celebrate wednesday you know every wednesday we're here with a guest and we're discussing how your work can become even more amazing and every other friday i'm here to give you some tips and tricks on the same topic there is something else that i have to share with you today and there is a good and a bad side to it the bad side is that it's our final episode with the guest yossi michaeli the good side is that in this podcast, we've prepared for you some very useful topics. To give you a short recap on today's podcast, one of the things that we'll be talking about is beauty shoots. And Yossi is actually giving us some great ideas on poses, slides, and also editing. Another thing that we're really going into is a short analysis on how his photos and portfolio got so many different aspects and also how you can turn your work into a really diverse one. One of the suggestions is to get out of your comfort zone. And after the suggestion, we went to a whole topic of how getting out of your comfort zone and also of your style can bring you new clients. And if you're not satisfied with that, we're also discussing how to handle bad models or unhappy clients. I think everybody should know how to react in a situation like this, so I don't want to waste your time. And I think it's time for us to start with a podcast. Yeah, it's really, really nice. And tell me how did you meet those people and what was so amazing about them? Did you click from the very first moment?
1: I mean, nowadays, it's always uh, people that I work with that work with other people, like I work with a stylist that she already worked with this uh, hair or makeup, and they mm-hmm. like them. And let's say the makeup or hair guy that I want is not available, or maybe I want to try somebody new. So I trust my stylist or my makeup artist, or I trust that that person that recommends the other person to come on set. So usually I trust them because you know I work with them a lot of times. So they bring the new people, either it's hair, makeup, or styling on set, and then you see if you get along or not. Usually I do. You usually you know like when I trust. Uh, members of my team to bring other members to the set usually it works out because they know what I like I don't like when let's say hair or makeup or stylist is always on the phone and not paying attention to what we're shooting for instance which Mm -hmm. you know used to happen in the past or I don't like when people too much gossip on set or I like it when everybody's just having fun and it's just happy and putting our music and everybody's paying attention and everybody wants to get the right result. Each person fixes whatever he needs to fix. And that it. I don't think it's so complicated, honestly.
0: Absolutely. It's just loving your job. That's yeah. it. Yeah. All the requirements are exactly these. But yeah, wear them mouth is always the best advertisement. <laughs> yeah. It's true. But you've done a lot of beauty shoots and it's not easy to shoot beauty because there is hair, hair is always messy. There's always a problem. At the same time, the poses are so different because there is no full body. The beauty shoots are very focused on the face. What do you find most difficult about it? And are there any things that you have just found that are really always working?
1: Yeah, you're totally right about that. I think it's more of a challenge to make it look different. uh, You just have to try a lot of lights. See, like you have to experiment more lighting because I think in the end of it, the lighting and the crops and yeah poses but the face is always going to be in the shot because you're yeah. shooting beauty it depends what kind of beauty you're doing like if you're doing a more commercial beauty you can't have too many shadows over you have to show the makeup you have to show the skin mm-hmm. so sometimes of course that limits you as well but i enjoy shooting beauty what i don't like about shooting beauty sometimes is just the wait time is super long sometimes <laughs> you get to the set and And you wait for like two hours before you do your your first shot, and then you do your first shot, and then they have to change. And if you're changing hair and makeup between shots, then you wait another hour and a half or an hour. And I like to shoot a lot. I don't enjoy the wait between shots so much. (laughs) I think it's really mostly the crops and and the lighting that would make it a little bit different.
0: And what about after the photo shoot? Do you retouch your photos?
1: I don't retouch myself. That's another process that takes me a long time to edit. Once I finish, mm-hmm. it takes me like a couple of days. I mean, it depends on the shoot, but to edit everything, because I go over everything, even if we made like choices on and picks on the set, I always go over everything again because sometimes You're missing something on set, of course, because it's dynamic. You're in a hurry on set usually. And sometimes your vision changes, your point of view changes, like something that you thought was amazing on set. And then you look at it once you're more settled down in front of your monitor and maybe you think something else works better or it's nicer. So I go over everything and I do my colors. Usually I do my own colors and I just send to retouching, to retouch skin and take off dirt or whatever you need to do, and then fix clothes and stuff like that. Retouching my own, I just did that in the beginning of my career, but it's so much time-consuming, and I'm not that good at it. It
0: is. It is very time-consuming. Do you usually use uh, the same retoucher?
1: I have a few. Most of them are in Brazil. I also have another one in Germany that works with me. I work, let's say, usually with like three regular retouchers whenever this one can't i approach the other one and so forth
0: do they have their particular style or they're following yours
1: it's great because nowadays i don't even need to tell them almost anything like nowadays (laughs) really because that's also time consuming and we don't have a lot of time. But let's say you in a shooting and you have your picks in the magazine or the client pick the final shots and then you send it to the retoucher. If it's a new retoucher...
0: You have to explain everything.
1: Exactly. You have to explain. You have to show them maybe a reference of what you want. And, and it's really subtle, those differences. If somebody goes a little bit too much... It messes up your image. It could look too fake, too retouched, whatever. And if it's not enough, maybe you want a little bit more. So, I mean, I got to a point now because I've been doing it with them for years that they already know what I like, kind of like my Mm aesthetic. So, they know how I like uh, the skin to be or how I like the set to be. So, I send it to them and then they send me uh, back... Sometimes I ask them to change colors as well a little bit if I need, but usually I do it myself. Then they send me a preview uh, once they're done with a few images and I can tell them, you know, if the general feel is fine or not, if we need to change anything. And in the end, they send me a preview of everything. And a lot of times, even though they know me, still I need to tell them, oh, bring that back or like bring a little bit more imperfections to the face because I don't want it to be too much or bring more imperfections to the set because I don't want it to be too clean. I want it to be more natural. So that happens as well. Mm hmm. But usually yeah, there's not a lot of things because they already know me and they're good retouchers, all of them. So
0: I was wondering, do you think that this could be one of the reasons why your portfolio looks so broad? Like you have some photos that are in particular style and then you have very, very different photos. For example, you have some very clean photo shoots and then you have some really dark ones.
1: Why, you think because of the uh, retouching, you mean?
0: I don't know. Now when I'm listening to you, I don't think that's the reason.
1: (laughs) No, I don't think the reason is the retouching. I think it's more about when I look at my work, I don't think it's so different. Like I I feel that there's consistency, but maybe... Oh, there
0: is. There is consistency. But how do you do that?
1: No, but I'm curious because you're saying there's also a lot of that it's broad,
0: which is, I guess
1: it's good, but...
0: It's very good, actually, because there are people that are, trying with one thing. And for example, they see that they're really into fantasy photo shoots and they're stuck into this. But there are photographers that are really good with just clean photo shoots, very, very neat photos. And they're also stuck in their particular niche. But you're very good at both of these, for example. When I look at your website, I feel like I'm opening an agency website with very different (laughs) photographers. They're not having a line between each other. And they're kind of like the same person, but it's like this person can do it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's interesting to, to hear. I really don't know. Honestly, I think it's more about the phase I'm into at that particular moment. Let's say that year or that month mm-hmm. or that. I feel that a lot of my personal life maybe and stuff that I'm going through reflects in that as well sometimes i feel that it's also a matter of taste though i mean i feel that stuff that i liked maybe last year i don't like so much today i always enjoyed uh, dramatic lighting or like cinematic lighting and i still do but like in the beginning of my career i shot more with hmis and today i shoot less with hmis for some mm-hmm. reason it's also a financial reason because it's that super expensive that
0: i was going to say
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah some clients are willing to give you that and some clients are not but i still think hmi is amazing light don't get me wrong yeah it's a matter of i feel what i'm going through and what i like at that moment or that year or that period and uh, i guess it's changing all the time but yeah but it's funny that you're saying it because I just shot something. It's coming out in March for L'Officiel as well. I did the lighting that I think I never did, or maybe I just did it in the beginning, which is like more harsh light, like front on, you know, camera flash, but it's a little bit more than that. But And I never did that. I always liked more the cinematic, more the, the side light to have a little bit more depth and a little bit more uh, shadows and everything. And I did this lighting on this shoot, and in the beginning, I was looking at it and I was like, mm, I don't like it. Something is wrong. Something is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like because you're not used to it, because your eyes used to something else, I guess. But today, for instance, you know, after that, you know, we already the magazine chose, they loved it. It's getting published next month and everything. And and I showed it to a few people, you know, my producer, a lot of people that worked on this shoot, and we all really like it now. So I feel that it's it's also good to get out of your comfort zone and not get used to, not get settled, let's say with. Something that you're used to, and you know that you're doing well. I think it's nice to branch out and play around a little bit as well. That's something that we always have to challenge ourselves. And I think that's get you know, too relaxed; it's it's not good.
0: <laughs> I agree with you completely that we need to go out of our comfort zone. And actually, I think that especially with the social media today, we're we feel like I don't feel like I'm in a frame, but I see that many people have this type of feeling that they need to have particular style. And to stick to it. And if you have a particular style, I feel like you're always going to have the same clients. or the same type of clients. And if you're getting out of your comfort zone, as you said, you can show something else. You can show something different. And then you'll be more appealing for other people.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that gets your potential clients uh, to a larger number. Because I mean, you can do fitness, you know, you can do maybe lifestyle, and you can do fashion, and you can do beauty, and you can do men. And it's also changing. And I think it is a good thing, because I feel that today, a lot of brands want to have that lifestyle feel. They want to have something not over posy. they want to have something more natural, more raw. So and that really is like more lifestyle and let's say you would say lifestyle 10 years ago people would say oh you can be either a lifestyle uh, photographer or a fashion photographer you can do both true and today i feel it's good to know how to do everything i mean of course some shoots i would probably like better to do than others sometimes some projects you're more into than others, but I totally agree with you. I think it's good to experiment and get out of your comfort zone and try new things. When that opportunity arises and you get a client, you know, that wants that lighting or that mood or that whatever, you already know how to do it or you feel more comfortable doing it.
0: Well, we're so aligned. <laughs> this conversation is all about agreeing. <laughs> but you know, That's what? not
1: good. You should disagree with me about something though. Well, Just,
0: uh... if there is something to disagree with, I will. <laughs> But you know what I was thinking, even if this project is a big failure and you don't like the results and the team does not like it, and it's totally out of your style if you want to. The good thing is in my country, we have this saying, everything lasts just three days. And that's the truth. You're going to post this photo or the magazine is going to post this photo and then the people will see it. And in the next three days, there will be so much new information. No one is ever going to remember it. Yes, probably in two years, there will be someone just pointing at you and saying, I remember Ron, really, really bad work from this guy. But they won't even remember the thing that you did.
1: No, I totally agree. I think that, first of <laughs> all, I should disagree just to make it interesting. No, but <laughs> if you're shooting it for a client and the client likes it and you don't like it in the team, let's say your hair, makeup, whatever, the stylist, Doesn't we don't matter. like it but the client likes it. In the end, that's what matters, really. Yeah, exactly. They're paying for it. If they like it, if it serves their purpose, their public, whatever, that's great. But let's say the client doesn't like it as well. Then, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good job. And it's a problem. and obviously... Yeah, it's a problem. And obviously, all photographers went been through that. I don't think that all photographers always produced amazing work that everybody loved. It's, it's something that you have to pass. But I agree with you. It's something that's going to be forgotten and you have to move on and you have to learn from it. I feel that from everything that I'm shooting, I'm learning up till this day. Everything, it doesn't matter if I'm shooting beauty, men, outside, inside, doors, indoors, whatever. You always learn something. There's also new technology coming if it's like the laptop thing or shooting tethered. And if it's like new lights that are coming out. And I was never like into equipment. That I never thought that equipment is going to make me a better photographer or not. Better camera is going to give me better shots or everything. But they're going to make your life easier, let's say. So, I mean, there's always new stuff to learn and everything in. And I agree with you. It's it's such a dynamic market and it's such a dynamic way of life today. Not even the market, like the whole world today, actually. So, you know, when something happens, yeah, people talk about it for a day or two and that's it. Then you move on, you go to the next project.
0: True. I love the fact that you said this thing about the technology and things like that. And I have a favorite question. And it is about the apps that you use and uh, the programs and the websites. Do you have any particular medias that you're using and you love and you think that they're making your life easier?
1: I always shoot tethered. I always shoot connected to the laptop and monitor. Monitor I use always when I'm shooting indoors, like when I'm shooting outdoors. So it's just uh, with the laptop connected to the camera. Everybody can do whatever they think is better for them. But I feel it it has a lot of advantages because I can see what I'm shooting. Everybody can see what you're shooting and you can enlarge it and see what hair or makeup or styling needs to fix before you start shooting more you know when you just do a test in the beginning and i also feel that when you look in the camera it doesn't really it's not true like the brightness it's hard to really get the whole picture when you're just shooting and looking at the screen that you have in your camera so i always do that i use capture one in the beginning i used lightroom and i connected my camera to lightroom
0: with a cable
1: yeah with a cable there was another program look i don't know if it was like Canon EOS utility or whatever. Yeah, something like that, that I used in the beginning. And that connected it to Lightroom. In the beginning, I used to like Lightroom more than Capture One because I thought that Lightroom gives me more options of colors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But today, not today, it's been like for the past, I don't know, I guess like four or five years, I'm using only Capture One. Lightroom was good for that time that I really experimented with a lot of colors and everything. And today, I think as I'm doing something which is more natural and I don't want it to look too fake. So I think Capture One is more real. Lightroom, I think maybe is great. I still use Lightroom when I shoot landscapes and personal stuff. But when I shoot fashion, I just do Capture One all the time. And then, you know, I edit on Capture One and I just send it to my retoucher. So like other apps that I'm using, not really. I mean, I know that some people are using, and I used to use uh, once in a while, it was, I don't know if it still exists, but like a, a couple of years ago, Alien Skin is one of those that yeah. you have. Yeah, you know, Actions. like the presets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the presets. I, I think everybody has it today. I think probably Capture One has a few as well. But nowadays, I just do it my own. And if I need help, then I ask my retoucher. But usually I just experiment it on my own.
0: Well, I support you in this decision of yours. <laughs> it's much better to do it on your own because, especially now, yeah, it's all about natural, and these plugins are usually making it way too fake. And, yeah, yeah, it's not. And so- it's
1: always like something missing. Uh, it looks nice, but maybe it's a little bit too contrasty. So yeah, you can take it out. But then it's like you're always putting a stamp on a stamp on a stamp. It's like nothing. It's like yeah, too it's much going to on already. Yeah, to
0: it from the very beginning. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I and- agree. I wanted to ask you, who is the one standing behind the concepts of your photo shoots?
1: Well, when it's a paid job, when it's a campaign, there's always a studio design or an art design or or the client itself that has like a department in-house that they do the creative. So (laughs) they send me uh, the shot list before and all the references and everything. So that's what happens usually with money jobs. With editorials, it's something that me and the stylist work on and we send it to the mag to get the approval. Sometimes the magazine is going to have a certain concept for that certain issue, let's say, you know, 80s or retro or whatever. So, you know, and then they ask you to send them a mood board. So we do that. And sometimes it's we just do mood boards of the season that we like ourselves. And then we send it over and and the magazine picks with money jobs, with uh, campaigns as well. It really depends as well, because sometimes, you know, if it's a client that I have that liberty and freedom with and you know that we've been working for a long time i don't have to follow it so much like i can just kind of like get the first reference to the general feel of the lighting and the mood that we want but the rest is up to me on a campaign shoot we would probably get the general feel and then we would get to the location me and the uh, art director and we would just you know walk around and say ah, you know let's do this over here and this spot and let's shoot those two guys over here or this girl over there it's something that we have more liberty, but for instance, with FILA, with the sports campaign, for instance, fitness, then you have to follow more because it's certain actions that you have to do because it's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the model has to get it right because it's not about posing. It's about like doing the right. Movement. Exactly. So you have to really follow exactly that movement to get that result.
0: What if there is a weak link and it's your model? What do you do in those situations?
1: Uh, I pray to God that he's going help me that day.
0: Do you usually direct him by
1: yourself? Uh, yeah, I have no choice. Like I said, I used to direct way more than I did today. Today, mm-hmm. I really feel that, you know, I try to get a good model, a great model because of that, because I always want them to be more expressive. And even if it's kind of like a quiet shoot, you don't want the model to be all around and jumping around. But still, you know, she has to know how to do that as well and make it look natural and effortless. So if you know we ended up getting a model which is not and she doesn't know how to move so well I and mean, it's just more effort on my end of course it's just about maybe I'll change a little bit my strategy and I'll do instead of like just having her do her thing I would direct her way more but it might change my strategy in a way that I'm not even maybe looking for tons of options because I know it's going to be hard so I just want to nail like one or two great ones and then move on and then maybe mm-hmm. Get her to feel a little bit easier, a little bit better. It's, I think it's, you know, like talking to her a lot, maybe, and like making her feel not shy if she is, or not self-conscious. I think it's something that a team can really help the model when when it's maybe a new face and she's a little bit nervous and yeah. But yeah, I mean, you got no choice because you can't really change the model on the day. I mean, it, it did happen in the past actually that we did change a model in the day. Yeah, but it was a campaign and just the client didn't like. It. But we had other models to shoot while.
0: Waiting for the other one. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. So it doesn't mess up the whole job.
0: On your website, in the beauty section, there is an editorial that you did for Vogue Beauty. There is a beautiful model with very clean concept, but the images look so stunning. Do you want to tell us more about this photo shoot?
1: That was for uh, Vogue Taiwan. On this particular shoot, they sent a pre-concept before, mm-hmm. but we're free to do. So, So this one was with lines, something with lines. They wanted something with lines. You want to do something that, that would look, you know, conceptual, but not too crazy because you still need to show the makeup and it's still beauty. And it's not an independent magazine. It's a vogue. You have to, you have a certain aesthetics that you have to do. For lines, it was all about the makeup is how you can bring it and a little bit with clothes as well. So we have some graphic black and white uh, outfits that, you know, help that. We just try to keep it minimal and keep it simple. So, I mean, there's not a lot going on, honestly, in, in this shoot. This was only one light from the side, mm-hmm. just like a soft box from the side with a reflector bouncing on the other side. But you have that volume and that depth and that, you know, the, the side light. And makeup was pretty simple as well. I mean, other than the eyes, the lines that we have, it's not a lot of makeup going on. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes just less is more. You know, sometimes when you're trying to do a lot of stuff, it just it's overkilling it. It's funny that you're saying because that's probably one of my, not probably, it is one of my favorite beauty shoots that I have just because it's simple, yeah.
0: So nice. Is there a photo shoot that you felt like you just don't want to do so bad and you were super unhappy with the result and also the client wasn't happy with the result?
1: It did happen like a few years ago, but honestly, I don't recall anything like recently, which
0: oh, which, that, is, that's which right. is great for
1: me. Yeah, no, I'm happy about that. But yeah, in the beginning of my career, there were a few times.
0: Do you remember how you handled those problems? Because maybe there are people in the audience right now that are facing the same situation. So we can be a little bit helpful for them too.
1: It really depends if it's something with a client and the client is not happy. So it really depends if it's something that you could have solved on set and the client just didn't say so. I feel that the client has a responsibility. If the client doesn't like anything he should say, we can fix Mm -hmm. it while he's still shooting it. If it's something in post, either it's retouching or crops or stuff like that, if it's something they can fix, of course you should. I think that when the client shows that he's not happy, you should always do your best. I mean, after the shoot, I'm saying you should always try to solve it in whatever way possible. If it's something about the model, then it's not up to you. If it's something about lighting, then I think it should have been handled while you're shooting it. There's not a lot to do once it's all said and done and over. Other than that, it's just moving on to the next project. There's nothing really you can do. To reshoot something, it's a little bit complicated. When you're shooting like an editorial, maybe it's easier. But when you're shooting a campaign, it's a lot of money that is going around. So,
0: And I think it's also very important to just accept what have happened and continue.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I can get you really down and it can crash your self-confidence maybe. I think in the end, you have to look at the, the big picture and you have to look at yourself, so you know, what you've done so far until now and look at the positive things that you have in your career and everybody has bad days everybody has low points the secret is just not getting dragged down and really like learning from that what you've done wrong if you did do something wrong or if it's something that you could have made better with the client if it's the client's fault but maybe you should have spoken to the client on set or make sure but you just have to learn from it and just make sure it doesn't happen again and move on. You know, you should enjoy your your conquerors and your success, but you should also always try to remain humble and feet on the ground and just know that it's a process, it's a career, it's not a one-time kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. And it's always nice to have some sort of inspiration, even in the bad days. So do you want to share with us what is your
1: inspiration? In the beginning of my career, I was looking at a lot of legendary photographers and I think it's good because I was clear slate. I had nothing in my head in, in terms of like, I never shot before. I didn't grow up in a house that was exposed to fashion too much or to photography or stuff like that. It wasn't like a world that I was familiar with. So for me, it was good to read a lot and to see a lot of stuff and to explore. So back in the day, there were a lot of photographers that inspired today is different because I feel that I got to a certain place in my career that I know what I like and I know what I don't like and I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm less good at and honestly today I'm just trying to shoot something that I think is beautiful. Of course other people's opinions are important to me especially people that I work with but in the end of it if I think it's good if people like it on in my inner circle kind of I'm happy about it and hopefully other people will as well but What inspires me today is not necessarily a certain person or a certain thing. I think it's more about little things that, you know, I can watch a movie, like, you know, a certain scene or a certain lighting and say, oh, maybe I want to try this. Or I go to a museum and I see an old painting that would make me want to do something that is inspired by that.
0: What about the nature, for example? Because I know on your website, you have this very different section that is called personal work. And we don't talk about the projects that you do as personal work, like editorials and things like that. But we talk about something very different and very beautiful. And there are not so many photos in this section.
1: I put it because, you know, when I had a little bit of free time, I put some personal work. And I said, I'm going to start putting a lot of personal work because all the travels that I do for work and not only for work, That's how I started. I really liked to be outdoors and hiking and and nature and and mountains. I didn't have the time to put it yet more images, but that's the base of how I started shooting stuff like that. And still today, I think that's why I prefer to shoot location than studio. Mm -hmm. Location is so nice. One of my best shoots ever, I think. And that's also because it was really fun and the team was amazing when we shot Esquire China in Iceland. Iceland is amazing, and the team was great, and we had four days, and out of those four days, we just shot one day, you know, like half a day, and then the rest, we just had beers, you know, outside (laughs) and near the glacier, and it was amazing. But it was just because when you're shooting in an amazing location, it it makes everything... Much better. Yeah, you know, let's say it like that. It's easier to conceal, to to hide imperfections and a model which is not amazing and a clothes that is not amazing and everything when you're shooting it in an amazing location rather than if you're shooting it in a studio. True. And other than that, I just, I love being outdoors. And that connects me to the personal work that I love, shooting outdoors and hiking and everything. So I should put more.
0: Yeah, you should put more. (laughs) I (laughs) I would love love to see them. What's the one lesson that you've learned during your career and you'll never
1: forget? Have a team that really is in the same mindset as you and just no divas and no dramas and no nothing. I think that's super important, at least for me. You want to have a good atmosphere and a good energy on the set. If you have a client and even if you're just doing an editorial, I think it makes a huge difference. I don't compromise on that. I wouldn't get somebody that's an amazing artist if he's not a nice person, for instance. Another thing I think is really patience. I first moved to New York and I thought I'm going to be here only a year. I said like, yeah, I'm just coming to New York for like a year. I'll just shoot a little bit. I'll do something and then I'll move on. I don't know. I thought that it's going to be way easier. And obviously it wasn't like you get here and you know, nobody knows about you and you're starting from scratch and you need to get to know people and to get to know assistants and photographers. And this photographer, I worked with him a few times. He's really nice. And I remember he told me that in New York, I don't know if it's worldwide, but he said in New York, it's going to take you like eight or nine years to be stable in terms of that you know that you have your own clients and you're getting enough work. It's process. Maybe after a year, two years, three years, you can get a few clients, but you're not established yet. And I think he's he's right. I mean, for me, it was like that. When I first moved, like I said, I, I assisted a few years thing, and then I, I got my first break, and then I moved on. But yeah, it, t- it takes you time. You have to accept that. I would love to have a shortcut back in the day, but today, when I look at it, I think you know everything happens for a reason. I mean, those shortcuts. Maybe if I got like that big break that I thought that I deserve. And maybe I wouldn't be ready enough, you know, at the time. And now I feel that I am ready. But I'm more relaxed because I know it's going to work out in the end. I have that confidence.
0: I'm very, very sure that the people in Union are also feeling a little bit more prepared after this conversation. I want to say big, big thank you for this.
1: Of course. Thank you. It was my pleasure.
0: Let us know in our Facebook group called The Fashion Photography Podcast what do you think about today's episode? And if you're really happy with our podcast and you've learned a lot, please don't forget to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, to subscribe to our show. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. And don't forget to come over again on Friday when we've prepared for you another exciting topic. I know that some of you are going to celebrate. Don't worry, the podcast is going to be out. It's going to be waiting for you on your podcasting platform And also on photographypodcast.net. You can listen to it a little bit later, or maybe you want to turn it into family tradition and just listen to our podcast along with the whole family. I don't know if you're going to do that, but if you do, definitely send me a photo because I would love to see that. I'll see you on Friday.